are listening to the sermon podcast from Real Life on the Palouse, reaching the world for Jesus, one person at a time. Well, welcome to all of you joining us uh, online. I'm so honored that you would choose to uh, join us here a couple days after Christmas. I hope you had a fantastic uh, Christmas with your family. And uh, today I wanted to give a little update on on why we're uh, having just online-only service today. One of our values that I have for our, our church and our staff our culture, one of those values is family. And family's really, really important to to me and that we have healthy families amongst our staff and our volunteers and all of our church. And um, as we were looking at our schedule and seeing, you know, what would it look like over Christmas Eve and and uh, and where Christmas falls this year, we were going to be having six services with three different messages uh, in seven days. And that is a good way to burn out your staff and to uh, burn out your volunteers. And so that's the reason for today why we're doing online only uh, is I want to take care of uh, the families uh, that God has entrusted me to on our staff um, and the volunteers uh, that are serving here. So uh, obviously we have the technology. It's been a long time since uh, I was doing an online-only uh, service. And anyway, I just wanted to let you guys know that's kind of why we're doing that. We'll be back uh, next uh, week in uh, on, on January 3rd, starting off our ser- series on Sabbath. And we're going to take a deep, deep dive into Sabbath. And what does it look like to start our year off understanding rest, understanding what it looks like uh, to cease for a day to be rejuvenated for the other six days? And so we're going to be diving into that next week. But for this week, I got to pick. Josh, what do you want to preach on? And a lot of people are like, well, don't you always get to pick on what you want to preach on? Not really. We have a sermon club and we kind of feel where God is leading us. And, uh, and so we do that as a team and I'm excited about those. But this week was just kind of a free week. What do you want to talk about? And, uh, what I wanted to talk about was being made to worship and why, um, I particularly worship the way that I worship and, and kind of how that's grown over time, uh, through mentorship and understanding and worship. Uh, yes, with, uh, with word and, and, and understanding God's word and spending time in his word and in prayer. Uh, and then corp- privately worshiping, and then corporately worshiping. And so I just want to give you kind of a little history lesson, like on my personal path. So again, I didn't grow up in the church. Uh, my church experience was the Catholic church. And one of the coolest moments uh, when we used to go to mass every week, so I say I didn't grow up in the church, my family didn't go to church. I went to a school that gave us the opportunity every week to go to mass uh, during the school week. And one of the coolest things, uh, that I remember as a kid with the, with the music at a Catholic church is there was this one song that we all got to clap on. And it was really cool. And, and it was a, a amen, hallelujah, amen. And we were so excited that we got to clap and didn't get yelled at for clapping. And that was my beginning understanding of what worship is, is man, I would love to clap or do something or to be energetic about that. And so, uh, as my walk moved on, I, I started to learn more and more about what does it mean to worship. And I remember going to uh, my first non-denominational uh, church service, and they were singing songs, and we stood up. We were like, we had to stand up for like 15 or 20 minutes. It wasn't a stand up, kneel down, what I was used to. And I was like, wait a minute, we're standing up for like 15 or 20 minutes, and we're singing these different songs. And I remember like standing there and kind of looking at people. I was like, what's that guy doing? Why is he, does he have a question? Is he raising, he's raising his hand. Does he have a question? I don't think the guy's going to answer your question right now because we're all singing. 
And I remember uh, people, you know, would be, would be closing their eyes. I saw people crying. I'm like, they must be really sad. I wonder what's really sad for them. And so it took me a while to kind of learn and understand more about worship. And even coming here uh, under the mentorship here and watching that change as our church started to change its culture of what does it mean to worship corporately. So for me, um, first of all, I'm not overly paying attention to the rest of the folks here in the body when I come to worship. One of the first things that I am trying to accomplish as we enter worship, either uh, corporately or privately, I'm trying to accomplish a, a submitted heart. And so to me, submission is really important about worship. worship. I am approaching my Father in a submitted fashion. And when I do that, I'm thinking about, Lord, what do you have for me today? What would you have me learn today about you? What would you have me learn today about my brothers and sisters? Uh, sometimes when we're worshiping, I feel like the Lord's telling me to drop to my knees. And we don't have very comfortable kneelers here. It's called concrete. But my worship really isn't about my comfort. It's about uh, also sometimes it's more than just a mental surrender for me. It's a physical surrender to me. And I've had times here when I'm worshiping where, where God says, you as the leader, bow down. Get on your knees and bow down. And we're not bowing down to the people that are on the stage. We're not bowing down to whoever the musician is or whatever the songwriter was of this. Like I'm bowing down to show my submission to my Father in heaven. And so uh, many times I'm, I'm pleading with God when I'm worshiping. I'm like, God, what do you want me to share today? Is there anything else besides of my prep work, besides all of those things, what do you want me to share? And to be completely transparent, often I'm very scared. And I feel like I'm a, I'm a, I'm a two-year-old holding on to my father, saying like, Father, help me, help me, help me. Because I take what happens from our pulpit and from our stage seriously. Words matter. Words have influence, especially when we're claiming them to be uh, the words of what God would, what we would hope God would share. And so um, there's a, a quote uh, that I found this week as I was preparing and said, uh, worship first involves surrendering our time. It involves surrendering our attention and then it involves surrendering all that we are to all of the God who reveals himself to us in that place at the foot of his throne. And so I started thinking more about that, surrendering my time, surrendering my attention, getting rid of the distractions, and really surrendering myself to God. And I find that in uh, in the text, Psalm uh, nineteen fourteen says, May these words of my mouth... And this meditation of my heart be pleasing in your sight. Lord, my rock and my redeemer. So that's how I'm, I'm entering worship, right? I'm entering worship. And, and also in Proverbs 3, 5, and 6, it says, trust in the Lord with, uh, with all of your heart. Like I have to prepare my heart and I want to be in that position where I'm trusting him. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. In all of your ways, submit to him. So you submit to him 
when you're reading his text. You submit to him when you're worshiping him in, in song. We submit to him when we get up in the morning and we're praying. And he will, and it says, and he will make your path straight. And boy, do I need straight paths. The second thing that happens when I worship for me is it's focus. Is I want to get focused on the business of God. Um, I was watching this one uh, uh, worship video before as I was preparing this, and this lady came up and she said she was she was in her suit, and she said she's wearing a suit today because she is gonna is gonna get in business with God today. And so as I think about focus, uh, even just outside of this, the Sunday service, it's just the preparation for the day. Uh, living in anticipation of what God will do and what I hopefully will recognize that he does. So I start my day off in worship, realizing who he is and who I am in reverence of the Lord. So today, when I uh, got up out of, out of bed, one of the first things I said was, oh, thank you, Jesus. And normally that's not the very first lip words that come off of my lips, but I went to bed last night with a very, very sore and aching back. And I've had moments where I could barely get up and walk. I think I kind of walked to the, to the seat here today. I looked like an 80-year-old with a bad back. Uh, as a matter of fact, I'm wearing an ice pack on my back right now. But I was like, thank you, Jesus, for letting me get up today. Because I had a need. There was a felt need. I was concerned about something. And so when you start your day off with focus, focusing on him. Uh, before this message, uh, I, as I was uh, getting ready, today I was reviewing what I wanted to talk about. Uh, I was in my office this morning, uh, all alone, and I was worshiping. I was worshiping like I worship in church. I listened to Chain Breaker and Fear is a Liar by Zach Williams. Uh, I get teased a lot because I, I love that guy. I love uh, the heart of it. It really pulls at the heartstrings of, of what I do. I listen to, to Waymaker. I listen to Do It Again. I listen to Redeemed by Big Daddy Weave. I listen to Raise a Hallelujah. I listen to the Casting Crown's version of Great Are You Lord. I listen to Crowder's version of Come As, Come As You Are. Oh, come to the altar. I listen to the blessing. And I came in here full, full of, full of hope, full of excitement that God would be able to share some amazing things. And those words were dripping upon my head of all of those things that, that who God is and what he is. And that's what we're doing when we're worshiping, when I'm worshiping God. And those words resonate. Not every song resonates with me. Not every word resonates with me uh, as I'm, as I'm worshiping God. But there are many that do. And I'm putting my heart in a place to receive that worship. Other thing that I do when I'm preparing to worship and, and something else that happens to me. So, so first of all, I surrender. Second of all, I focus. The third thing I do is I confess and I confess what's going on in my life. I am reminded of what he has done for me, and that leads me to confess my mistakes. You know, as you're coming to, 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 to the throne room of God or whatever you would, you would vision as the throne room of God, I want to come with a clean and pure heart, or at least the best that I can. So it leads me to confess things uh, throughout the week. I, I ask for forgiveness in song as I'm singing whether it's do it again or whatever the name of the song is, and it leads me to things like, oh, yes, Lord, help me again. 
I'm sorry. I, I want to represent you well. So I, I confess. I ask for forgiveness. And then I want to repent. I want to turn away from my sin and turn towards my Father in heaven. It reminds me of the story of the prodigal son. And a couple of weeks back, we talked about joy and and the joy of the Father and the joy of the Son returning to each other. And God wants us to return to Him. We return to His ways to make have His paths make our paths straight, and that involves confession, that involves uh, asking for forgiveness, and that involves repentance, turning towards him. And I get a chance to do that during worship. I try and incorporate that when I worship. I become free from my sin, and I enter into the joy of the Lord, and that happens in worship for me. And then another thing that I do is I, I, I celebrate. It's time to celebrate. We get to be together God is alive and doing amazing kingdom uh, work all around us. And I ask him to reveal and show me the victories. And sometimes he shows me the victories when I see folks crying out to him. When I see marriages that I knew were on the rocks that I hopefully are going to make it. When I see uh, uh, lives that were torn apart brought back together. And so um, there's, there's, there's power in worshiping God well. There's power in worshiping him alone in your office or in the shower or in your car, uh, and there's power worshiping together. So, quote here, uh, they found says, uh, there is power in worshiping God. If we want to see breakthroughs in our life and in the lives of others, then this is the time to enter uh, into deeper levels of worship, both personally and corporately. And it's only as we ascend to the throne room in worship that we can descend back into the harvest fields here on earth, praying and warring for victory in every area of life. When you and I can come boldly to God's throne in worship, he gives us his plans and his strategies for our lives here on earth. There is no way that we can walk in his peace, power, and perfect plan without a lifestyle of worship. And remember, worship isn't about a show. It's not about starting a frenzy and have people going nuts. It's about submitting, surrendering our will to God's will. It's about focus. It's about confession. And it's about celebration. And for me, it's like, why wait to worship? You know, well, Sunday, I, just, I can only worship when Greg's doing this and only does these certain songs. No. No, you can worship your father every day. We have pretty amazing technology, and you can be worshiping him every day. We actually have our worship online. You could go back and listen to all the worship songs, worship sets we've had for a long time. They're all there. So uh, I often cry out to my father in worship. I cry out for my children. I cry out for our church. I cry out for myself. I... <laughs> I'm pretty good at putting myself in a position to need him because I, I mess up often. And so coming back to the Father in worship. And so uh, Psalm 72, 12 says, For he will deliver the needy who cry out. That's me. The afflicted who have no one to help. That's me on occasion because I, I, I do it. I do it myself. No, I don't do it myself. Not well anyway. He will take pity on the weak and the needy and save the needy from death. He will rescue them from oppression and violence, for precious is their blood 
in his sight. Long may he live. May gold from Sheba be given to him. May people ever pray for him and bless him all day long. Psalm 72. So I want to give you some just words that we can uh, you can take with you uh, today, and you can be thinking about this for the new year and what that looks like for you. Just some words. Uh, Barak, to kneel, to bless God, to bow down. Barak. Barak means to bow down or to kneel before the Lord. It communicates that, that the Lord holds a place of importance and helps us remember just how great he is. Barak is not uh, done out of, begging, of a begging attitude, but rather as, out of an expectant attitude because the Lord is more than willing and able to move on our behalf. He can move mountains. Uh, halal, to be clear, to shine, to boast, to show, to rave, to celebrate, to be clamorously foolish. Uh, David appointed the following Levites to lead the people in worship before the ark of the Lord, to invoke his blessing, to give thanks, and to praise the Lord, the God of Israel, First Chronicles sixteen fourteen. So halal appears more than 110 times in the Old Testament. And when I first read that word and started thinking about that word, I, I thought about football. We used to have this sport called football in America. Um, and I used to play often. And uh, you'd throw this pigskin around and people would celebrate. And in our area, uh, the Cougars were our, or our team was one of our teams and the Vandals are one of our teams. But I remember going to the WCU games and we would get a first down and there's a whole chant that 40,000 people would say. And they're like, and that's another Cougar first down. And we're going nuts and we're celebrating because somebody moved a ball 10 yards. Well, we can go nuts and we can celebrate for our Lord and what he has done for us. Sabak to shout loudly, to command. Come, everyone, clap your hands, shout to God with a joyful praise. Psalm 47.1. And it's not just about the volume, but it's about the heart. And so when you see somebody raising their hand, they don't have a question. It's like you're reaching up to your Father in heaven. You're like, God, like, I'm here. I'm here. Pick me up, Father. Pick me up in your loving arms. Pick me up. Help me. I need you, Abba Father. Uh, Tehillah, to sing praises, singing out of the Spirit spontaneously. Uh, sometimes when I'm worshiping consistently and have worship songs, and if I'm working or doing something, the song is just running through my head, and I'll just be singing it out spontaneously. And what a great way to fill your mind. You know, there's a battle for your mind. And that battle often comes in the form of music. I know my, all of my children love music and they all have music pumping into their brain often. And I guess what are you putting into your brain? I put a lot of garbage into my brain in my younger years of music, but are you putting in words that lead you to a better relationship with God or separate you from God? Are they about you and the things you do and don't have and do and don't need and you want and gold chains and all that other cool stuff? Or are they about focusing on the Father and serving Him well. But giving thanks and sacrifice, that truly honors me. If you keep my path, I will reveal to you the salvation of God. Psalm fifty twenty three. 23. Uh, uh, yada, extending your hands vigorously. After consulting the people, the king appointed singers to walk ahead of the army, singing to the Lord and praising Him for His holy splendor. This is what they sang. Give thanks to the Lord 
His faithful love endures forever. We even have an older song about that. The Lord's love endures forever. Sometimes I'll raise my hand. Sometimes I'll feel closer. God, I want to reach out to him. I need him. And then Zamar, to touch strings, to make music with instruments, mostly rejoicing. Praise him with the blast from the ram's horn. Praise him with the lyre and harp. Praise him with a tambourine and dancing. Praise him with strings and flutes. Praise him with the clash of cymbals. Praise him with loud clanging cymbals. Let everything that breathes sing praises to the Lord. Praise the Lord, Psalm 153 through 6. Praising him. Praising God. You know, finding the heart of worship comes back to me to the first point is, am I surrendered to God? And when I surrender to God, I come to him with an expectant heart that he will fulfill the things that are going on in my life, not maybe with what I want or need, uh, but with what's right for me, what's right for our community. And again, Psalm 150, praise the Lord, praise God in his sanctuary, praise him in his mighty heavens, praise him for his acts of power, praise him for his surpassing greatness. It's not a slight acknowledgement. It's like, oh, good, good job, God. He doesn't need our approval. He needs our obedience. He needs a surrendered heart. He can do, he can do all kinds of amazing things. And he wants his children, you and I, to join him, to partner with him, to partner with him in worship. And again, I just wanted to let you guys into a little bit of like the heart of like where worship has gone for me. And so this next year, I hope that, that maybe you, 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 you up your game in worship. If it's an area that you're, that you, that you've kind of, you're curious about, you're wondering about, there's more resources underneath there, but we have some great folks. Greg is a great guy to talk to about worship. I've learned a lot from him. Our worship leaders uh, have great hearts, but it's not about them. It's about who they're trying to help us connect with, with our Father in heaven. So I want to take this time for us to, to, to go to communion. When we think about communion, we think about worshiping God well and understanding what he had done for us. So if you're sitting at home, obviously you're going to grab your communion elements. I know I've had like Ritz crackers and juice or uh, whatever whatever bread substitute you want to use. If you want to go ahead and gather that together and we'll join in communion today uh, together, um, go ahead and do that. Father God, as we find our symbols of uh, of you and look towards you with an expectant heart for 2021. I just pray and ask as the current lead servant you have here in this church that we would um, worship you well. We have great reason to worship you because you are a great and mighty God. But bring us to the place where there is no shame in worship we're not cheering on a band. We're not cheering on words, somebody else's words. We're, we're being drawn to you. And you are the author of life. You are the author of, of words that, that, that touch our hearts. You gave it to, to songwriters. You, you've provided us music and all of those things. But worship is so much more than just that. Help us to stay surrendered to you as you surrendered your son to this world. And Lord, we don't take that lightly. Lead us to better worship, worshiping of your son 
on a cross, worshiping of your son seated at your right hand. Lord, help us to, um, to follow you well, to worship you well. Say that in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks for checking out this message from Real Life. You can find out more about us by visiting liferotp.com and connecting with us on Facebook and Instagram. Until next time, have a great week.